2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Hello and welcome to the Scravy Show for Monday, February 5th. If you're wondering what the date is, you never know. I, I think about what the date is all the time. I can't ever remember what the date is unless I look at my phone or look at my watch or anything like that. So it is February 5th for everybody out there if they weren't sure. And it is Super Bowl week. I'm very excited about Super Bowl week. Obviously, with being a 49ers fan, kind of nervous as well. Uh, I I really was looking into going to the Super Bowl. But I decided against it, mainly for a couple reasons. And the first reason being, it's way too expensive. Like, some of these tickets, I'm going to tell you in just a second what... The tickets are going for. They're down a little bit right now for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, but still they're still incredibly expensive. But I was thinking, man, if I could find a ticket for maybe like $1,500 bucks, i will go. That doesn't include my hotel, doesn't include my flight, all that stuff. But there is zero chance I even came close to finding a ticket for $1,500. So I decided I want to watch the game from the comfort of wherever I am. But now, the average ticket get in price, the least expensive ticket to get into the stadium, according to TickPick, which is um, uh, a ticket, I'm assuming a ticket, yes, a ticket broker site. Just wanted to make sure. But the last week, the price was $8,200. Today, $6,944, which is 15% less expensive. I honestly do not know who I, I don't know anyone that's willing to pay seven thousand dollars for a Super Bowl ticket, and I got some pretty well off friends. I got some friends who did did well for themselves, and they're huge Forty Nine er fans. I cannot imagine any of them doing that. That's crazy. It's kind of it's kind of unfortunate that the championship game for. The NFL is so expensive to get in. Basically, it's, I i, I hate to say it this way, but it's, if you're famous and you're rich, you're going to go watch the Super Bowl, which to me isn't really what it's all about. I think, uh, I think it's more about the fans that pay for the tickets each week throughout the season, pay for the merchandise, all that. But of course, I'm going down a road where... It's not going to ever be fixed. So why do I worry about it? I I shouldn't worry about it because it's just something we're going to deal with. But $6,944 is the ticket if you want to go. TickPick also said their priciest purchase has been for six tickets at um, $14,810 a ticket, costing a total of $88,860 to go watch a football game. It's insane. It's insane. I I love going to football games. I went to a 49ers Rams game earlier this year. Very fun. And it's just not worth that price. And I've already said my whole thing about how it's for the fans. So I'm going to spare you of a second uh, lecture about how it's, it's for the fans and it's not for the rich people. I mean, when we're talking about like Christian McCaffrey's mom, Saying that she can't afford it, and then you go look up and it's a two- and a half million dollar bill for a suite. Woo. That is a lot. Two and a half million dollars. Just to watch a 15-minute quarters of a football game. Four of those. So 60 minutes total, everybody. All right, let's see who's in the, the chat. You can watch us on YouTube if you would like, or watch me on YouTube if you would like. You can just go to YouTube, type in 97.3 The Fan. Also on Twitch, 97.3 The Fan. I, myself, am on Twitch as well, so if you want to see that, Matt Scraby, you can go to that Twitch page and X as well, 97.3 The Fan SD. So... Uh, we have Javier in the chat. We have Cactus Man in the chat. We got Dave in the chat. We got Brock in the chat. We got Welsh Friar all the way from Wales at 2 a.m. in the chat. Thank you. We got Dominic in the chat. Javier says, if the Niners lose this Super Bowl again, do you honestly think they will be champions again in your lifetime? Be honest, Scraby. Yes, I do think they would be champions again in their lifetime, in my lifetime, because in my lifetime they've – well, they've been to two Super Bowls here in the last maybe 10, 12 years. Or no, three Super Bowls. If you go back to 2012, when they played the Ravens, they lost that one. And then when you go back to 2021, when they played the Chiefs, which they lost that one, and now they're playing in their third Super Bowl in the last you know, 12, 13 years. So yes, the answer is yes, Javier. I think they will win in a lifetime. That is insane. That is insane. All right. With all of that said, It's time.
2: It's time to get caught up on the latest with the news of the day.
0: Well, the news today starts with, I want to do an honorable mention in the news today, and that would be the Aztecs basketball team back to number 24 in the rankings after beating Utah State on Saturday at home. They are 11-0 now at Viejas, and it's we, we know this whole ranking thing. We know that this this ranking thing is not friendly to the San Diego State team. We know that the rankers sometimes uh, are unfair to San Diego State in the ranking. Seems like anytime they get in, they lose one game and they're out for weeks. Well, they're back in, and I'm hoping to stay now because it's coming to the end of the year. The Aztecs are trying to win a Mountain West title, they're also trying to get the highest seed possible in the tournament. And so if they lose again and they fall, so if they fall out of the rankings, I'm thinking it's because they've lost again and that could happen. I'm not saying that they need to go undefeated the rest of the season, but they most definitely need to, uh, they need to try and at least only lose maybe one game down the stretch. I, I I guess they can lose a little bit more because they're, they're going to make the tournament, but I just don't want to see him lose anymore. It's basically what I'm trying to say. I, I just want to see him keep going up the rankings, and I want to see them impress the voters out there to give him a better March Madness spot. Uh, for the first actual news story of the day, Eric Grupner was on Bennett Woods, and the CEO and president of the Padres had a lot of good things to say. But one of the – if you want to go listen to the whole interview, you should. You should go to 97.3thefansd.com. Go look for Ben and Woods, and you can hear that interview. But I I really think the most interesting part for me was him talking about life after Peter Seidler. And it's, it's, it's really a kind of, I guess, complicated thing because when an owner of a team passes away, there has to be some sort of succession plan. And so there was a succession plan, and I wanted to play this one more time for everybody because if you didn't get a chance to hear the interview with uh, Ben and Woods this morning, Eric Gruppner talked about the chain of command following Peter's passing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple, actually. You know, Eric Katsenda has stepped in in the role that Peter held as chairman. Uh, so I report to him, AJ reports to him, and uh, the three of us, you know, run um, the business together and the team. And um, Eric, you know, is not as public-facing, as you mentioned, as Peter and Ron were. And, you know, so far that's certainly by design. Uh, But Eric has been very engaged. Uh, He's in the office in San Diego, not every day, but often. Um, And he shares the same vision that we've had for some time under Peter's leadership. The goal remains the same, to win a World Series championship and we are all working as hard as we can in that direction under Eric's ultimate leadership. And it's been great to work with him. You know, he and Peter were business partners for 30 years. They started the private equity firm together. Uh, he's probably next to Peter's brother, uh, Bob, perhaps the most intimately familiar with uh, Peter's outlook on business and life and the Padres. And we're all working to continue that legacy and simply put, it's to win consistently year in and year out, to be putting a playoff caliber team on the field and ultimately winning the World Series championship. So nothing's changed. It's still the same. Um, and Eric has stepped into and embraced that role and is doing an outstanding job. And we're fortunate to have him.
0: So that was uh, Eric Grubner on the morning show with Ben and Woods talking about the state of the franchise after Peter uh, Seiler passed away. But uh, I. I want to know more about him because as I get older, and you'll hear me say this many times because I was kind of a know-it-all kid back in the day, but as I get older, I realize things, and I'm realizing more and more how important ownership is, and it might be even the most important thing for a sports franchise, and we knew where Peter Seidler stood. He wanted to win a World Series at all costs. He wanted to bring that first title to San Diego. And I'm not saying that Eric uh, Kutsenda – I hope I'm saying his last name right. Uh, I'm not saying that he doesn't want to win a World Series. I believe that he does, and I believe that he wants to see it through for Peter Seidler. But I don't know much about him. I've never heard from him. I would like to hear more about his thought process because ultimately it's on him – to give the okay on some of these things, maybe spending more money on a player or trading a player. So I want to know what he thinks about about the baseball team on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, spring training's coming up, so we may totally get some opportunities to talk with him or hear from him. But I just want to know what it's going to look like with life after Peter Seidler. And I think it will be more of... I guess they're going to operate business as usual, but they're going to probably slightly change things because Peter is no longer here and he's not, he's not going to be spending a ton of money. The Padres aren't going to be spending a ton of money on their payroll this year. So again, in closing, if you would like to hear the full interview, go to ben, or go to 97.3thefansd.com and go look for the Eric Grutner interview with Ben Woods. Lots of stuff in there that you would like to know. Talk about the TV situation for the Padres. Talk about why they need to be under the collective bargaining tax. All of that. And uh, you can go and listen to that on the website. Now, second news story of the day would be the commanders eric bienemy out in washington after team hires cliff kingsbury as new offensive coordinator the reason i made this the second story is because it's very strange how eric bienemy's career and life has or nfl life has gone over the years because he's been in mentioned for the head coaching job many 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 times and now they bring in a new coach dan quinn says nope you're out i want cliff kingsbury and I can't tell whether or not this is just if – if I'm not reading the writing on the wall about Eric Bienemy or if there is some sort of bad luck going on with him, it, it seems like he should be a guy who's in the conversation for head coaching jobs with all the experience he has with the Super Bowls that he's been to. and But he hasn't – he didn't have that success with Washington. He only got one year with Washington – so I'm not a real I'm not a real fan of only giving someone a year to turn things around because it takes more than a year in professional sports but it's it's just very strange to me how teams keep moving on from Eric the enemy and there's no real reason why other than they want to go in a different direction. Dominic said on the chat the chiefs seem to be fine without him that's very true. The Chiefs seem to do seem to be okay without Eric Bienemy, so I, I'm I'm not sure. I think maybe I need to start switching my thinking to I'm not reading the writing on the wall about Eric Bienemy. Maybe he doesn't have that uh, leadership to maybe take an entire team on his back as the head coach. Maybe maybe he well, I can't say he doesn't want to be a head coach because he has interviewed for him. It's just very strange to me that eric Bieniemy keeps finding himself out of a job and he is not he's going to find himself here without a job unless he goes somewhere else and works for for another team third story here on the news of the day here in the scraby show thank you for joining me ken rosenthal did it this morning jeff port jeff passan did it this morning as well the Royals have signed Bobby Witt Jr to 11-year, $288.7 million deal. 3-year club option can bring the total value to $377.7 million. 11 years guaranteed, 14 potentially. And I think this is a really good thing for baseball. Number 1, these mid-market teams or small market teams need to be competitive and they need to be a reason they need to give me a reason to watch their games. Like on Sunday Night Baseball. Last year I see a Royals game or the year before I see a Royals game on Sunday Night Baseball, don't even know that they had one. I'm not going to tune in. But in the bigger picture, I think this is really good for baseball because Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be in Kansas City possibly 14 more seasons. Julio Rodriguez is going to be in Seattle for 10 or more seasons. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be in San Diego for 10 or more seasons. Corbin Carroll is going to be in Arizona for almost 10 seasons. This is good for baseball because it shows that these fans in these cities can continue to spend their money and continue to cheer for this team, knowing that they're going to have a star to cheer for. And it will give the team stability. I I, I think that he, you know, I think that Bobby Witt Jr. is not going to next year take the team to a World Series. But I watched him pretty close last year, and he had a really nice year. He had a really good year defensively. He had a good year at the plate. Um, Is he a Fernando Tatis Jr.? I'm not sure. I don't think so yet, maybe. I don't think he may ever get there, but he's a really good baseball player. And having these guys, these four guys I just mentioned, Bobby Wood Jr., Julio Rodriguez, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Corbin Carroll, with their same teams for the foreseeable future, very good for baseball because we're not talking about them going to the Yankees or the Dodgers or even the Mets. At this point, the Red Sox, we're talking about them staying on the teams that drafted them. Fernando didn't get drafted. I know that. But kept them and raised them through their systems. And I like that. And I hope that more and more baseball players do that. I hope teams give these players more opportunities to do that. So there you go. That is the news of the day. If you are in your car or at home tomorrow at 8.35 a.m., make sure you listen to 97.3 The Fan. The pitching whisperer Ruben Niebla is going to be on with Ben and Woods tomorrow morning, 8.35 a.m. So they're going to ask him all about what he is uh, planning on doing this year with this pitching staff. When we get back here on the Scraby Show, we are going to talk about the – you know, there's a couple things I want to talk about. First is this – Ben Johnson, who turned down the commander's job. He is being roasted, and I'll tell you why he's being roasted. So we'll talk about that when we get back. Also, the Chiefs locker room, they did something to it that didn't make Raiders fans happy. So we'll tell you about that when we get back here on The Scraby Show on 97.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state
0: law. Back here in the Odyssey Palace, 97.3 The Fan. Thank you to everybody for joining me here on a Monday night. A very, very rainy Monday night. It's supposed to be raining all week. I told you guys last week we were trying to get to Cathedral. Couldn't do it. Trying to get to... Uh, Poway, this this Friday, we'll see if we can do it. If it's raining, again, we're not going to go out there because I will electrocute myself. But that's what we're planning on doing. So please, everybody, be safe driving home. Don't be like me a couple weeks ago and try to drive through the river that was forming near where I usually drive to the freeway. And uh, I felt a little scared there for, for a second. And I've told myself if I come across another... River of water that is flowing over the road. I'm not going to try and forge it, ford it. And again, like I said on Friday, I think it was the um, Oregon Trail told me this and I just did not pay attention to it. Did not pay attention to it. I got an X or a tweet from someone in the break from Steven saying about the Super Bowl prices for the tickets. The problem with the Super Bowl is that only about 40% of the tickets go to the public for the biggest game. That means that the atmosphere wouldn't be great anyway. I wouldn't pay too much to hang with a bunch of people with no rooting interest. 100% agree with you. I've actually had a couple friends go to Super Bowls before. And they have told me that it's not as good as you would think it would be. You know, you kind of imagine that this is the championship and it's going to be great. But Stephen's right there. I mean... It's kind of a stale atmosphere except for the the fans that do shell out the $10,000 to go and watch the game. Kind of a stale atmosphere, so I understand it. I uh I really I guess I guess I'm just going to always be happy not going to the Super Bowl. I've also heard the commercial breaks are really long for the Super Bowl. Like, you're sitting there, you're sitting there, you're sitting there, players are standing on the field, lots of stoppages. Anyway, I'm making a big old deal about why I'm not going to the Super Bowl because I can't afford it. So thank you, Stephen, for sending me a message. Also, we I got a couple messages here in the break, and it was one of them was about Fernando Tatis. Dan says, Tatis will be the best overall player in MLB this year, barring injury. Dan, I can't say you're wrong. I am really looking forward to seeing what Fernando can do this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do with a full, healthy offseason this year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do from the beginning instead of having to join the team 20 games in. So Fernando, I believe, is going to hit the ground running this year. I think he's going to have somewhat of an MVP season. I can't say that he's going to have an MVP season, but I believe he's going to be a lot better than he was last year and he was really good last year I mean he won the platinum glove in right field in his first season playing right field I I can't even imagine what a full offseason will do for him so thank you for that comment Dan also Trevor said uh, about the Royals signing Bobby Witt Jr. to an 11 possibly 14 year deal for over 300 million dollars Trevor said good for building fan unity you're absolutely right I can't tell you how many times uh like i i guess i'm just gonna take my 49ers when i was a kid and 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 say that in 1994 they had deon sanders on the team and deon sanders was basically a rental because he ended up going to the cowboys the next year which really bothered me but as a kid i just didn't understand why Dion wouldn't stay on the 49ers and other guys like Steve Young, Jerry Rice, all those guys, they, they stayed with the 49ers, and that's where the fan unity was built is through guys that stay on the team for a long time. And it's easier to buy in when you know a guy's going to be on the team for the foreseeable future. Deion Sanders was a one-year rental type thing, and so it wasn't, it wasn't like I, – I mean, I asked my, my parents for a jersey, and, and I, I didn't get one, and maybe it was – I'm going to have to ask my parents why they didn't get me one. Maybe it was because – uh, maybe it was because that he was only going to play for the team for a year. I could totally see that. But I think signing your big players to long-term deals like they did with Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Rodriguez in Seattle, Fernando here, and then Corbin Carroll in Arizona, it creates it, it makes fans rally around that person. So very good point there, Trevor. All right, I said before I went to break that the – Commanders had a weird, it's very strange how the Commanders came to their head coach of Dan Quinn. And it kind of goes like this. The rumors were that Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, was going to get this job hands down. But then after the loss to San Francisco in the NFC Championship game, Ben Johnson decided that it wasn't for him right now. He wasn't, he would rather go back to Detroit and try to win a championship with that team, than go and try to build something new with the commanders. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with him deciding to do this. I said this a couple weeks ago that I think it's a smart thing for him that he is. Uh, it's a smart thing for him that he is waiting until he gets the right situation because we talked about it. Situation is everything for some of these coaches And if they don't have a good situation with a good front office and a good GM and good support, then they're not going to be successful. It's just not going to happen. So I didn't mind that he was going to be turning down this job. But it's really funny how things come out after he turns down the job. And I I don't really know where they came from, but I could tell you right now it probably came from the commanders themselves because they're a little embarrassed that Ben Johnson is choosing the Lions over their head coaching job with the Commanders. And so Mike uh, Garofalo, Garofalo, I think it's Garofalo, NFL Network Insider, I always forget. Uh, he went on a show called The Puck and Jim Show, and they heard a couple of the things that were being released by, or at least being told to Mike Garofalo. And it says three three things basically came up. In this interview, that Ben Johnson reportedly didn't interview very well. Ben Johnson was reportedly not the commander's top candidate at the time he withdrew his name from consideration. Ben Johnson withdrew from the search because he reportedly knew he wasn't going to get the job. I'm going to start with number one. Johnson reportedly didn't interview very well. Two thoughts on that. Number one, I've interviewed people before. And even if they don't have the best interview, you can always kind of tell if they were just nervous or if maybe they're just trying to say the things that you want to hear. But if you really kind of talk to that person, you can tell what kind of person they are. So the whole they didn't interview well. I don't buy that for one second from the commanders. Number one, they were going back to him for a second interview and they were already on the plane. So tell me that he wasn't a good interview and then tell me that you're going to get on a plane and fly to Detroit to interview him again. Doesn't make sense. Second one was that he was reportedly not the commander's top candidate at the time he withdrew his name from consideration. Uh, That's another ego-saving move by the commanders because, again, you were flying to interview him for the second time, maybe even offer him the job after the interview. So don't tell me that he wasn't the top candidate at the time because he most likely was and he spurned you and so you're a little angry. And now the the reporter didn't necessarily say that the commanders gave them gave him that information, but there really are only a few people that could actually know this information. So it's coming from the commanders. It's ridiculous how these teams do it. And in the end, what I think happened here is that the owner's ego got in the way. He just couldn't let it go that this coach decided to not become their head coach instead. And so now there's all these little things coming out about Ben Johnson. I even saw something that was saying that Ben Johnson thought that the commander's brain tree was too basketball focused because magic Johnson's a part of it. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Maybe I honestly don't think a basketball GM would work just going straight from basketball to becoming an NFL GM. It's completely different sports but that could be a a a a real a reality that Ben Johnson could think that they, you know, he's not Ben Johnson is not making himself look bad in this thing except for this one thing. I'm jumping around a little bit. Ben Johnson, I forgot to tell you this. Here's why some of this is coming out. This is probably a big part of the story that I forgot to tell you he actually canceled on them while they were in the air. So he sent a text message and no no one really knew whether or not he was, he he knew that they were flying to see him right then, but he sent a text message to them withdrawing his name. And so then they got angry and then all these things come come out. This is the ego of the ownership. And there was also some sort of uh, news. Tony found this news, but Mike Vrabel was an intimidating presence to some of the front offices. And so he wasn't offered a head coaching job either. I I just see this happen because they want to control the story. The teams, the teams do not care after someone turns them down for a job, whether they soil your name. And this is to me, once the commander's way of doing things, always a commander's way of doing things. This is weak. In my opinion, to put these things out and just kind of besmirch the name of Ben Johnson because he didn't want to coach for your team. That's exactly what I'm thinking here. Now I told you I was going to do the, uh, the locker room story for the Kansas city chiefs and all that. We're going to have to hold off for a second because I received news that maybe the story that I had was not fully correct, was not fully correct. So we'll tell you that in a second, big game coverage on 97.3. The fan is presented by solo stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit? Visit them today at solostove.com. All right, we've talked about Bobby Witt Jr. We've talked about Eric Bienemy, We've talked about Eric Grupner. We've talked about the Aztecs going back to number 24 in the rankings. When we get back, we have a black mirror moment. And if you don't know what Black Mirror is, I'll explain that to you. We have the Daily Gripe, and we also have that, that locker room story. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of that. You're listening to The Scraby Show. I'm Matt Scraby on 973 The Fan.
2: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New
0: iPhone 15s? It's
2: over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
0: You're listening to the Scraby Show. I'm Matt Scraby. Thanks for joining me here on a Monday night, 97.3 The Fan. If you want to find me on social media, you can at Matt Scraby. And during the break, I was I remembered something that I got over the weekend, and I wanted to talk about it because I, I guess uh, we, we we kind of talked about it during Padres Pen Pals today on Gwen and Chris, but. There was a an angry fan who wrote in, and I completely hear all the frustrated fans out there. But this person wrote to me over the weekend, and, and I'm not saying they were mean or anything. They were not rude. They just basically said, why do you sugarcoat the Padres for us? And I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. I don't believe I, – I don't sugarcoat anything because – Number one, we have to say what's really on our mind because I can't keep up with my lies. So that's why I'm telling you exactly how I feel. Um, But I also don't look at it in the way as other people look at it. And so that's why maybe it could come off sometimes as, quote unquote, sugarcoating. But I I think I've been pretty, pretty, um, I guess, out about. They're out on is what I should say. They're off season. I'm not a fan of this off season. I I don't know what's going to happen here in spring training. I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I don't think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to have to really get started early and all of the star players are going to have to play up to their star contracts and capabilities. But. Sugarcoating is not something I do because I I don't think it's necessary. Everybody is really – I think everybody is really aware of what state the Padres are in right now. And so on our show, Gwyn and Chris, and even when I'm by myself, I tend to look at the things that are going to be more positive. I don't want to dwell on things that are – I don't want to dwell on things that aren't going to help with solutions. And so that's why we've been talking a lot about what the Padres are going to do in free agency this offseason, what the Padres are going to do as soon as they get back to uh, spring training in, in Peoria. And I I would like to thank that person for messaging me because it does keep me, I guess, uh, keeps my, my was it, presence of mind? Yeah, presence of mind. My presence of mind, that sounds weird. Uh, it just keeps me in the the right place where i'm coming to everyone with the opinions that are really truly what i'm thinking and not just what i'm being told to say as i've been told in the past it's really not like that at all <laughs> i've never been told by anyone to not say something and so there you go i wasn't i don't i hope i didn't come off as a lecturer lecturer right there and again the person who messaged me was very nice about it and we had a nice good back and forth. And when something comes up that I'm not a fan of, I will let everyone know. I will let everyone know. Uh, Anthony says, no one wants to turn on their radio and get sucked into a doom vortex. That is true. But sometimes it has to happen. I, I don't necessarily think this team needs to be doom and gloom all the time. They have really good players on it. Let's say they don't have Manny or Fernando or Xander or, uh, you know, whoever I'm forgetting, Joe Musgrove, you Darvish. If they don't have them, then it's a doom and gloom time. But they have some very big name players on this team that are going to have to step up. And that's exactly why I think that I'm a little optimistic on this coming year because I know who they have on their team. And I I know – what they're capable of and that's why i'm going to hold this feeling until we start getting some games till we start seeing the until we start seeing the um spring training games until we start seeing the regular season games i can't really feel like this team is going to completely fall into the abyss because i haven't seen it yet and again i will say this many times leading up to the season they have some really big name players That are really good at baseball. And I don't think the Padres are out of it by any means because of that. All right. I took a little break because I was reading. Uh, Yes, I forgot to Hassan Kim. Forgot to mention Hassan Kim. Everybody, I will not forget to mention Hassan Kim going forward. But there we go. I just wanted to get that out real, real quick. You can hear Super Bowl 58 from Rustwood won this Sunday right here on 97 Through The Fan. And for free on the Odyssey app, Pre game coverage starts at 11 a.m. Kickoff, kickoff is at 3.30. I'm going to tell you about this black mirror thing in just a second. And then we have the daily gripe. But real quick, this, this whole locker room story. Now, first, I want to bring up the story about the grass at the practice facilities that the 49ers are complaining about. Support, or supposedly, reportedly, they're complaining about it. Now, I think this is kind of crazy. I know that one team has to be a home team and the other team has to be the away team. I get that part. But I don't get this part. Why the Chiefs get to go practice at a NFL facility where the Raiders practice and the 49ers have to go practice at UNLV. And so they're a little upset about that, I guess. Reportedly. Reportedly. The grass is too spongy, which... You know, if it wasn't the 49ers, I would probably take about five minutes to rip this team. But the grass is too spongy. I'm just going to have to back my guys right now and go forward. No one actually has been recorded as saying that they have a problem with this. And don't don't get me wrong. When I heard this news story, I knew 100% it would be brought to the show. And I knew I was going to have to defend it a little bit. So just know whenever you see a news story about something and you think about our show and you think about how I'm going to defend it, just know I'm already thinking about how I'm going to defend it. But anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the locker room that is going to, uh, is going to be changed into the chief's locker room. Now Raiders fans are not happy with this. I've read multiple stories. So I, I saw in the chat that it was UNLV's locker room, but uh, according to this Yahoo Sports article, the Chiefs are going to be in the the Raiders' locker room at Allegiant, so they're taking the home locker room, and they are, they've already transformed outside the locker room into like Chiefs Central, and inside the locker room too, they're doing some things. I haven't seen any pictures from inside the locker room, but Chiefs or Raiders fans are not happy that the Chiefs are moving into their home team's home locker room, and I kind of agree with it. I think that's a locker room you should probably not be using. They just built this stadium. I'm sure they have plenty of room to make different locker rooms all over there. And it's kind of weird to have a team that's in your division taking over your locker room. And now they can claim that they are, you know, taking over your house. And so, as a fan, I know this isn't that serious, but. This would perturb me a little bit if I was Raiders fans, that they let the Chiefs just move on into the locker room. I don't know that the Raiders players are saying anything about it. I don't know that anybody really cares outside of that. But I, I think it's a little strange, so I kind of agree with the Raiders fans there. Kind of agree with them there. and Just kind of agree with them. All right. Let's go to this Apple Vision Pro Black Mirror episode that I was talking about. Now, if you don't know, Black Mirror is on Netflix and it's got like four or five seasons. There's only in some seasons six episodes, some seasons there's four episodes. But I really like Black Mirror. It kind of reimagines how life is. It reimagines that uh it reimagines how we are as human beings. And so it's always kind of weird and dystopian a little bit. But if you don't know, the Apple Vision Pro, I think I talked about it last week, but they, it's $3,500 goggles that are going to apparently take the world by, by storm. I, I really don't know that I'm ready for these yet, but there's been some videos being put out there of, I'm just going to say it, idiots using these things. And this is exactly why it's a Black Mirror episode. If you're familiar with the show Black Mirror, the guy who bought the first virtual reality Vision Pro headset from an Apple store was celebrated and was uh, cheered for as he walked out of the store with it. Now, these are the idiots that I'm talking about. YouTubers Isaac Masna and Patrick Tommaso, they went out to dinner wearing the $3,500 $3, goggles. So there's a picture of them at dinner with their goggles on. Now, here's where it gets really stupid. Ex-user Dante wore the headset while he was driving in a Tesla. Tapping the air until you know everything. Tapping the air, which was supposedly what was in front of him in his in his view. So this guy's driving with the Apple Vision Pro on now, and that is not cool. I am not really into that at all because even if your your Tesla drives itself, you should not be wearing these Vision Pros while you're driving. Uh, Someone else wore the Vision Pro on the subway to work. Um, someone unsteadily, they said, climbed a set of stairs and this is where I have an issue with it is that we are so, I guess, technologically doomed that we now need $3,500 goggles to make our life complete. And I've seen the video of what it looks like when you have these goggles on and it looks, I gotta say, it looks kind of cool. One of the things I saw was, like, seven different NBA games playing, and it would have, like, it had seven different screens, basically, and then you have one main screen in the middle. So everywhere you look, you see the screens in front of you. I also saw the Vision Pro's, like, um, menu, the Apple menu that they have. And so you kind of, in the air, you tap those things in the air, and, you know, whatever, But they look ridiculous, and I am not a fan of people driving with these things on. I'm not a fan of people doing things where it's going to, um, I guess, endanger other people. But, yeah, these guys are already doing that with the Vision Pro, and it's kind of crazy. Just type in Vision Pro um, videos or just type in guy drives with VR headset, and there you go. You'll find that stuff. Uh, imagine wearing those and backing up into a spot, man, this spot is, this backing into the spot thing is still alive and it's still crazy and it's still, uh, in my mentions. And so I, I'm not going to imagine backing into the spot because I don't back into the spot. I got to say, when I drove into work today, I was like, Hmm, this spot looks like it's back, back in, back in a bowl. And I didn't do it just because I knew that I would be giving Tony a little bit of uh, props to his backing up. All right. We are coming to the end. And I got a good Daily Gripe.
2: What's annoying Scraby today? Let's find out. It's time for the Daily Gripe.
0: Really funny in the chat. M. McKee23 said, now we're in a tech doom vortex. That is 100 percent true i'm sorry i was trying to keep us out of the doom vortex but i guess i took us into the doom vortex i will try in the future not to bring us into a doom vortex all right so my daily gripe for today is i'm gonna try and not do grocery store ones for a little bit it's uh you know i was finding myself bringing too many of my grocery store daily gripes to the the program Today is going to be about something that I'm doing when I drive. And it's people that are talking on their cell phones as they drive. I know it's illegal. It's supposed to be hands-free. And it's not just people who are talking on their cell phones. This is the specific gripe. Right. It's people who have expensive cars that are talking on their phone. I cannot get wrap my head around why these people in Lexus... Mercedes, I even saw someone in a Ferrari, and I'm sure that the Ferrari has Bluetooth to be talking through the speakers, but I don't get it. And it makes me even more angry from time to time when someone is like driving slow or they're just driving erratically, and that person ends up like, I I drive by them and they're on their phone. Ridiculous. Now, I will fully admit Years and years and years ago, maybe like more than five years ago, I was pulled over for being on my cell phone, and I got a cell phone ticket. I deserved it because I wasn't ta- or I was talking on my cell phone. I was texting on my cell phone while I was driving. Very bad, very expensive ticket. So I've been very careful ever since, but it doesn't make any sense. These These seemingly rich, smart people with nice cars can't use the... They can't use the uh, Bluetooth? I don't understand it. I don't know if anybody else is feeling like that because it's difficult. These expensive cars better have Apple Play or Android Play for Scraby. Thank you, Brandon. They they do. I'm sure that they do. It's crazy. Um, (laughs) Doom Vortex escapes no one. What happened to the Google Glasses, Trevor said. And then mic drop that is true the google glasses never ended up doing a thing never doing a thing scraby i talked on the phone on a 2002 si civic is that bad well yeah because you're not supposed to be talking on the phone regardless it is illegal to talk on your phone text on your phone touch your phone while you're driving i'm telling you i've gotten a ticket before very very expensive All right, everybody. Thanks for being with me tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Scraby Show for Matt Scraby and 97.3 The Fan. Until then.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.